we tell you to wear a mask when you're in the church building. We say that because we love and care for people who come into this space. The pandemic is real. Vulnerable people can get really sick. If you're super vulnerable, you can maybe even die. And so we do what we can to stop the spread of the disease. We have several elders who are doctors, and they say things like, I wear a mask when I'm in the operating room. Are you glad I do? I'm glad they do. It keeps infection from spreading. Those same doctors are telling me that the flu season is already going on in the southern hemisphere, but flu rates are down 90% than previous years because people are wearing masks. Masks work, especially when we sing, and so we want people to wear masks in the sanctuary. When I see you wearing one, you're telling me that you care about the others you are worshiping with. Having said that, there is a mask I want you to take off. It's the one that Jesus talked about when he called the Pharisees and the teachers of the law hypocritoi. It's a Greek word which means mask wearer. It comes into our language with the word hypocrite. To understand the, the Pharisees and their issues, we have to understand a little bit about the history of the Jews. The Jews were taken into Babylon in exile for their sin. They spent 70 years there. The prophet said, you're here because you neglected God's law. And so there came to be a group of people who were serious about keeping God's law and being holy. So far, so good. They also start to return to Jerusalem around 500 B.C. In 332 B.C., Alexander the Great conquers Palestine from the Persians, and they begin a program of Hellenization. Now, the Greeks actually call their country Hellas, and so Hellenization means to bring Greek language and culture to a land that they have conquered. There were a group of people who embraced this Hellenization. They were the cultural elites. Uh, they wanted to be modern, so they embraced this Hellenization, and they came to be known as Sadducees. They were less religious, and they were secular in their thinking. As a response to the Sadducees, there came to be a group of people who called themselves Pharisees, or separated ones. They're first identified in literature around 150 BC. They, reject, they rejected secular culture and they sought to be separate from it. They were zealous in keeping the law and being ritually pure because they knew what had caused the exile. Now, these people were considered experts in Jewish law. The teachers of the law came from the Pharisees. They taught the Torah, the poetry books, the prophetic books, all the Old Testament scriptures that we have, they had. And they emphasized studying the scripture and knowing the scripture. 
and they started off wanting to be righteous before God. Not a bad beginning. Not a bad thing to pursue. By the time of Jesus, 180 years of history had gained for them the respect of the people. But Jesus called them hypocrites and labeled his worst criticisms against them. We read a little bit about what he said in Mark chapter 12, 38 through 40. Mission partner Stephen Woodworth will read those scriptures for us. Good morning to you, Eastminster. My name is Steve Woodworth, and I am one of your missionaries serving with World Outreach of the EPC. I'm the Associate Coordinator for the International Theological Education Network, I-10 for short, and we are partnering with national leaders around the world in countries in which there is less than a 2% representation of Christians among the population. And we are coming alongside those that have a vision and a desire to see the next generation of pastors and church leaders to be trained properly for the gospel. And so we help with all sorts of training and resourcing and development of seminaries, training sessions, uh, seminars, regions of the world in which people have very little access because of distance or finances to any kind of education that we might expect here in America for our own pastors. Um, Obviously, because of coronavirus, we have been a bit grounded for the last few months, but that has helped us to engage in new ways through technology and financial resources resourcing to support those leaders in a new way. We obviously hope that as soon as possible, we'll be able to be face-to-face with them once again, as we were several years ago with members of your own mission committee there at Eastminster in Albania together. That's one of our 10 sites. Um, You can head to i10global.org to learn a little bit more about our ministry, but it's been a delight to be supported by you and to be constantly prayed for me and my family. Uh, This morning's reading comes from the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 12. I'll be reading from the NIV this morning if you want to turn with me. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces, have the most important seats in the synagogue, places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished more severely. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's start with verse 38. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. The teachers were those who interpreted and taught the law. They were also the legal experts because the law's governing normal life was the Old Testament law. And then there's a group called the the scribes. Their job was to copy the scriptures. And when they finished a whole copy of the scriptures, they'd start on the next copy. And this is what they did for a living. They knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. Now, both of these groups came from a school of thought called the Pharisees. But here's what Jesus had against them. Let's return to the scripture. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. 
such men will be punished most severely. And so they did things for show. Their motive was how they looked and what the people thought of them. They wanted to look good. Now it's legit for us to want to be thought of well. I remember when I candidated as pastor at Eastminster, the first question out of the gate from Wayne Becker was, are you a prideful man? I thought, was this a trick question? If I say, no, I'm not prideful, then I'd be prideful. And if I said I am prideful, then don't want to be that. I said, "Um, I care what you think about me. And so I guess I have pride. But I can be corrected. I am willing to listen. I can apologize. And I actually pursue humility. Yeah, we all have pride. We all care about what people think of us. But if we do what we do for show, then we are starting to become a Pharisee. They also craved honor and respect. They wore flowing special robes that identified them as scribes and scholars and it made them look more respectable and they enjoyed being addressed by their titles out in the marketplace. They wanted to be respected. They were the opposite of Rodney Dangerfield. You know that comedian Rodney Dangerfield who never got any respect? I, like him, never had any respect I tell you, my mom got morning sickness after I was born. And my dad, when I tried to walk, he'd trip me. And one time we went to the beach out in California, my mom said, hey, let's play hide and seek. They found her two days later in Kansas City. And this week we're actually moving. We're we're buying a new house and we're packing up our house and I found an egg carton with five eggs underneath our bed. I said to Nancy, what's this egg carton with the five eggs for? And she says, well, every time you lay an egg of a sermon, I put an egg in the egg carton. And I thought, well, you know, five eggs in the six years I've been here in Wichita, that's not so bad. And she said, no, 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 no. Every time I filled up that dozen egg carton, I'd take it to the farmer's market and I'd sell it for a dollar. And now when we move into our new house, I'm buying a new refrigerator. I tell you, I don't get any respect. Actually, the Pharisees craved respect. They put on airs. They hid their sins and their true motives so that they would be thought of as righteous. They historically started out with good motives, wanting to keep the law, wanting to be righteous. But they weren't. And so they had to pretend. And thus Jesus calls them hypocrites. The word means pretender, actor, literally mask wearer. Greek actors wore masks when they performed in the theater. You wore a mask that projected a certain persona or character. I have a, a photo of a Greek mask on your screens. The Pharisees are the teachers of the law projected a certain persona a persona of holiness and righteousness when their hearts were far from it. 
And here's where they started to go wrong. Remember, they were in exile, and so they were afraid of being lawbreakers. And so the law of God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. On that day you shall do no work or labor, but it's a day of rest, holy unto the Lord. And so the Pharisees say, okay, we're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. What work? And so, well, a doctor can't see his patients. That's work. And you can't plant and you can't harvest and you really shouldn't walk more than a mile and you can't do this and you can't do that. Suddenly, you had all these rules protecting the Sabbath. They were also into being pure, and that extended to ritual purity. And so, for example, the Old Testament law said, if you touch a dead body, you're ritually unclean, and so you should quarantine for a certain number of days and then wash your body before you return to the people. It was to protect them from disease, and it also symbolized um, purity of heart. But the Pharisees created all these other purity laws. So, for example, before a meal, you had to wash your hands and rub them seven times um, before your meal, right? They followed all these rules meticulously, but their focus became so focused on the rules that they ignored their hearts and even God. No, the law is summed up by love, but love was not what characterized them. But since righteousness was highly thought of by the people, they pretended to be righteous by following the rules they created when on the inside they were full of sin, hate, and greed. And Jesus used an example of how they Uh, raided widows' houses. Here's what would happen. Husband and wife buy a farm or a house. Typically, you had to put 50% down, and you could borrow 50%. And let's say that the husband dies. Well, a payment is due that month, and when the payment did not come in because the widow's, you know, grieving, and she's wondering how she's going to harvest and work things out, The Pharisees were also the bankers who would come and foreclose on her house. They didn't give her any of the equity in the house. They just took her house. These righteous folks were doing what was, quote, legal. But see how far their hearts were from the things of God? Jesus called them hypocrites, pretenders, and so now let's talk about what a hypocrite is not and what a hypocrite is. It's not a person who says one thing and does another. We all do that. Let's say I preach to you that it's not a good thing to lash out at people in anger. I really believe that. I really try to practice that. But let's say one day someone does something and it's just been a tough day and I lash out at them in anger. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. We all have a standard that we are trying to live to, and if we sometimes fail to live up to that standard, that doesn't make us a hypocrite. Rather, hypocrisy is to say one thing with no intention of doing the other. 
as projecting a persona of holiness and righteousness when that is certainly not you. So an example is when the Pharisees brought to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. And they're saying, well, the law of Moses says that she should be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus says, well, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. And then he starts to write on the ground. And they leave, starting from the oldest to the youngest. I think Jesus is writing on the ground the names of their mistresses. See what they're doing? They're harboring and performing the same sins that they're actually condemning this woman for. They're hypocrites. The Pharisees wanted to look perfect, but they were not perfect, and so they had to wear a mask. And our culture struggles with perfectionism, wanting to look perfect and like we have it all together. And there's great pressure to look good and excel and be a success. Our kids feel it. It's probably why there's so much anxiety and depression among our kids and so much pretending among many. Hypocrisy is also holding people to rules that you don't try to live up to yourself and then condemning them when they don't. And thus this leads to condemnation and judgment and no one wants to be around people who judge them. And this really affects our ability to to reach out and reach the world. And then hypocrisy insulates us from the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit works through the body of Christ. It works through the authentic relationships we have in the body of Christ because, you see, sin grows in power when it grows in darkness. But when it's exposed to the light, it starts to lose its power. And if at least one other person knows, then at least they can hold us accountable in love and and we actually start to grow in true righteousness. Jesus said of the Pharisees and of the teachers of the law that they will be severely punished. And so we do not want to be a Pharisee. He says, watch out for them. Meaning, watch out for them for people who are like them, and look out for these same kind of tendencies in ourselves. So how do we avoid being a Pharisee? Well, the temptation and tendency to be a Pharisee dwells in all of us because we care about what people think of us. Root, the root of it is is pride. And so we have to choose humility. Humility is realizing you're not perfect. You do sin. You can be corrected. You can admit when you're wrong. You can apologize. The humble person can do this because they're not trying to prop up this facade that appears as righteous or right. Humble people can be honest about their shortcomings. We don't have to broadcast to the world what all our shortcomings are, but someone who's a brother in Christ should know them. And certainly we ought to be honest 
with Christ. We also avoid being a Pharisee through repentance. If you are projecting to the world that you are righteous, while you are entertaining hidden sins, then the answer to that is to repent of your sins. And when you repent, I mean, do away with that sin? Then you're not a hypocrite anymore. Jesus called out the teachers of the law and the Pharisees because they wore masks. Not the kind of mask we ask you to wear, but they wore a mask projecting one thing to the world when really their hearts were full of greed and hate and lust and secret sins. As I thought more deeply about this, I I asked, you know, why would people want to do that? And, well, they want to be respected and highly thought of, and they fear being rejected. That's another way of saying that we want to be valued, treasured, accepted, and loved. The hypocrite thinks, I would not be accepted. I would not be loved. I would not be treasured if they could see behind the mask. And so they always wear one and they always keep it on. What Jesus says to us is, I know what's behind the mask. And yet you are valued and treasured and accepted and loved. You can lower it. In fact, I don't want you to wear it anymore. Humble yourself. Be real with someone in my body, the church, and repent because you see, I love you and not the mask. I love you and not the mask. I actually want to heal what you are trying to cover up. In the musical, The Phantom of the Opera, the phantom lives behind a mask because of a disfigurement that makes people afraid of him. But living behind the mask, thinking that people would reject him, has made him a a hateful and violent and murderous man. But the heroine, Christine, actually loves the phantom. And there's a scene in the movie where the phantom has captured a Raoul, a man who also loves Christine. He's captured and the phantom's going to kill him. But Christine shows the phantom that she actually loves him. Watch what this love does to the man who has always lived behind a mask. What kind of life have you known? God give me courage to show you
Jacob, forget me, forget all of this. The phantom, touched by her love, acts out of compassion and selflessness and says to Christine and to Raoul, go. She loved what was behind the mask and his murderous heart turned into one of compassion. Jesus loves what's behind the mask and by removing it and letting him heal us, we are transformed and healed. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we confess to you our hypocrisy at times. We want to project a certain image to the world. And so for those times you try to project who we are not, will you forgive us? Maybe we hide behind righteousness, but we're struggling with all kinds of sin or hateful or judgmental attitudes. Lord, you know our hearts. We know our hearts. Oh, Lord, bring us to the place of repentance where we will put the sin behind us. Lord Jesus, we we gaze up at your beauty and your love. And now we picture ourselves taking off the mask, seeing all that we are. And now we see you loving us without the mask. That's the person you loved. That's the person you died to save. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us as we are. And now cause us to live as you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.